answer my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Carolina Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, guys? Bill Rossetti hitting you guys back up here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. Welcome back. Hope you've had a good weekend. It's Monday, October 23rd. Week 7 is in the books. And for the Panthers, it's a week we want to get past real quick as they did not look good, to be quite honest. It was just an ugly day for them in Chicago. They they lose their second straight game after a four and one start. They lose to the Bears seventeen to three to fall to four and three on the season. Half game now behind the four and two New Orleans Saints. As the Panthers now sit in second place in the division and for the moment out of the NFC playoff picture. Certainly a long way to go, but it's been a rough stretch. Just a reminder, of course, that we're still doing that promotion with Pro Football Focus, giving away them Edge subscriptions every week to one lucky listener per Locked On podcast show. So remember to go to iTunes and leave a review and leave your Twitter handle, and you'll be entered to win that subscription, which is a $40 value, and you get all the great stuff that Pro Football Focus does and really give you some more insight into the game that you love. So go check that out, and good luck if you enter. So as far as the game goes, well, I mean, there's really not much to talk about, is there? The Panthers, I mean, when you only put up three points, there's not really a whole lot to really look at or a lot of positives to take away. It it was just a kind of a flat effort all all over the place. I mean, certainly you're going to point to, when we look at that first or that early drive in the first quarter, Panthers are driving pretty well, and then all of a sudden they go for that, the option pitch on first down. Curtis Samuel mishandled it, and next thing you know, Eddie Jackson scooping it and taking it 75 yards the other way for a Bears score, which was the first score of the game, and obviously it's a score that the Bears would never give up. As they were up 7 nothing, and they kind of were able to cruise from there. And you can just tell that that play really sucked a lot of momentum out of the Panthers. As it, they just seemingly couldn't get anything going at all, really, the rest of the for the rest of the game. You know, run, run game had some moments here and there, but there was never that you know not, not really a big play that they hit. I mean, you could argue the biggest play they hit was right before halftime when. Newton hit Kelvin Benjamin, but then they couldn't get up to the line of scrimmage quick enough. Um, I mean, pretty much right at that last second, if you recall, they spiked the ball, but Russell Shepard was moving back into the slot, 
So they got they got hit with a uh, false start penalty or an illegal shift penalty, and with really a second, if that to go, that of course meant the clock would run out because of course the rule that if a penalty occurs on a running clock inside two minutes, there's a 10 second runoff. So it essentially ended any hope the Panthers had of putting up points on that drive. But overall, just really, really couldn't get a lot going. You know, Newton only throws for over 200 yards. They only rushed for about 100. It was just, um, you know, you're looking at total. What's interesting, though, is the Panthers kind of dominated the time time of scrimmage. They had an almost 2-1 to one advantage in time of possession. If you figure... I mean, you figure the Bears' only two touchdowns came on defensive plays. The fumble recovery and the interception by Eddie Jackson, 75 yards the other way. You know, if if you look at the numbers, you would think, how in the world did Carolina lose this game? I mean, they had 20 first downs compared to Chicago's five. You know, they were 6 of 15, which is, eh, on third down, but Chicago was only two of 11 had almost double the amount of total yards that Chicago had. I mean, really it just came down to miscues and bad luck that, that really derailed the Panthers. I mean, they turned it over what I think three times. Yeah. They had three turnovers, uh, lost the fumble and Cam Newton was picked off two times, but really only one of those picks was Newton's fault, as he basically threw it right to Danny Trevathan. The other one, of course, the first one, the throw was on target. It just got tipped and landed right in the hands of Eddie Jackson, who, of course, took it all the way. So, really, it was more of a case of bad luck for Newton, and, boy, where was the pass protection? Newton seemed to be running all over the field, seemingly, seemingly all day, Matt Khalil continues to struggle. I mean, that's going to go down as one of the worst contract values of this offseason. Um, but there there were some positives I'll take away from the offensive line. It was nice, of course, to see Ryan Khalil back in action, if if any, for a limited time. I think he only saw limited snaps because then Tyler Larson eventually got back out there at center. But nice to see Ryan Khalil finally get some game action. Taylor Moton finally got some snaps, so that was good to see. Um, you know, not many, but he was still kind of sprinkled in there. I'd like to see him get involved a little more. I think he he's ready. He's shown in the preseason that he can play in this offense. I think he'll be a, a fine tackle in the future. You know, perhaps if you feel one of them c- can move over to left tackle once you eventually move on from Matt Khalil or if you feel you need to draft an offensive tackle, you could do that too, but Moten, I'd like to see on the field a lot more. So hopefully as the season goes on, we'll see him get more snaps, but I, th- I think this might have been his most snaps played all season, which is pretty encouraging to see. And now, insurance-minded speeches from Geico. Hardship. My grandmother would go through it every month to pay her insurance bill. First, she would handwrite a paper check, in cursive. Then, using her own tongue, she would wet a stamp for an envelope. 
Today, however, we need not weary our hands and tongues. Today, we can pay our Geico bill with the Geico app. Away with hardship, in with bill pay on the Geico app. Thank you. But overall, really, not a whole lot to, uh, not a whole lot to go off of. I mean, if if you take away the defensive touchdowns, though, obviously this is a a strong defensive battle. You know, really, it, it's not like the Bears did much on offense either. I mean, just look at the fact that Mitchell Trubisky only threw seven times and only completed four of those passes. That's something we hadn't seen since the Tim Tebow days. If you remember when they played the Chiefs, Tim Tebow completed, what, two passes, I think? And the Broncos still won that game, but it's also because they ran for about a million yards that game. Um, they didn't even run the ball that much yesterday on the Panthers. Jordan Howard only had 21 carries for just 65 yards, and Mitchell Trubisky ran it five times for three yards. And you figure a couple of them, of course, were the kneel downs that uh, affected those numbers. I mean, really, there's the Panthers' defense played well. They, they they stuffed the Bears offense. You know, just in general, they were they were getting to Trubisky and the Bears just couldn't move. It was just again, it really just comes down to those two those two miscues that led to fourteen points the other way for Chicago. And I mean going back to going back to that play, going back to the Samuel pitch I mean, I understand you want to change it up, and sometimes you want to, you know, throw a defense off guard and try to get your playmakers involved, but the Panthers were moving the ball just fine. Like, I I thought it was pretty early. It's first down. You know, I don't necessarily – I didn't necessarily agree that they needed to get that cute when it came to pulling – pulling that play out at that particular moment. You know, you're deep in Chicago territory. It's first down, so you've got time. You're you're moving the ball fine. You've got points in your back pocket. And all of a sudden, instead of at least having three points on the board, you have seven points for the other team. And, And like I said before, I think you can just tell just the way the offense played the rest of the game. I think this killed a lot of momentum. I think it just sucked a lot of energy out of this Panthers offense. And then when they had the interception for the second defensive touchdown, you could tell that was just even more sluggish. Because then you figured nothing really happened in the second half. All the scoring was done in the first half. It was just kind of back and forth with the punts and whatnot. So just really unfortunate like I said, you, you can chalk it up too to a bit of bad luck that the score went down the way it did, or some of the events happened the way they did. But bottom line is, Panthers only put up three points, and that's not good. That's not what this offense is capable of. I mean, cre- credit to the Bears' defense. It is a good defense. The front seven has been very good. You know, Leonard Floyd played very well getting to Newton. Uh, Kyle Fuller, I was impressed by as well. I think. Kyle Fuller has really started to develop into a good young corner for the Chicago Bears. Um, 
So take nothing away from the Bears. And, you know, Trubisky held his own. You know, not, not much to really go off of when you only throw seven passes. But, and, and against the defense like the Panthers, you know, so cre- credit the Panthers. That, that's really the positive takeaway here is that the, the defense of the Panthers played as well as they did. I thought David Mayo did okay in relief of Luke Keekley, but you can tell, too, that uh, it, it's a different defense when Keekley is out of the lineup. So hopefully... Keekley can come back soon, which he should. Um, let's let's remember that he was limited in practice on Friday after missing practice Wednesday and Thursday. So hopefully that's a good sign that he should be out of the concussion protocol sometime this week and should be available. You know, hopefully he'll get some practice in this week and hopefully should be available for next Sunday when the Panthers take on the Buccaneers, who are um, certainly more of a disappointment in their own right. And we'll get into them in a little bit when we do the division wraparound. Um, defensive line, I thought, continued to play good. Uh, defensive ends played strong. I, I like the effort that I think it was Peppers gave when Trubisky tried to dive for the touchdown there, dive for the pylon when it was shown that uh, he was – his knee was down at the one-yard line. So by by no means was the Panthers' effort not there. So that you know, so the, so there are some there are some positives to take away, but obviously still a disappointing effort for a team that started off so strong this season, and now all of a sudden they're barely above 500, and they've got some work to do, and they're now. Like I said, sitting in second place in the division behind the New Orleans team that all of a sudden looks like a monster. Four straight. And we'll kind of, we'll kind of segue right from there into our uh, division wraparound. The Saints all of a sudden look like a real strong team. That defense has come out of nowhere to become one of the better units. You know, this, this was defense that first two weeks of the season – you're saying, well, here we go again with the New Orleans Saints. Here comes the poor pass defense that we've known and loved with the Saints for the last couple of years. But then Dennis Allen, you know, he's done a good job getting these players together. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore has, has played well. And now here they are. They're winners of four straight, you know, coming off their win over the Packers, 26-17, you know, and again, Remember, the, that win streak started over the Panthers, so uh, half-game lead on the Panthers with the tiebreaker in hand at the moment. Of course, And, of course, the two teams still meet in Week 13 in New Orleans, so certainly that's going to be a, a, big, a big game, certainly for the Panthers. That could be a game that they have to win if they want to stay in division contention. Uh, but for the moment, uh, Saints, four wins in a row. And again, you know, some are going to say, okay, well, they beat a Green Bay team that didn't have Aaron Rodgers. But Drew, it's not like Drew Brees played all that well. Drew Brees made some pretty poor throws. And at the beginning of the game, it looked like Green Bay was actually going to have a chance. And Huntley was doing okay and was maybe going to lead this team to the win. But then the Saints pulled through and took the lead late, pulled away late, and... 
ended up getting the 26-17 win. So, four wins in a row now for the Saints. And now they take on the Bears next Sunday in New Orleans. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Then you go to Tampa Bay, who lost 30-27 to to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Jameis Winston, of course, came back after suffering the injury last week and nearly rallied the Buccaneers to a win. They were down 20-6 to at one point and brought them back to take the lead 27-20 to after hitting Mike Evans for a touchdown with about three minutes to go. But then the Bills drove... Uh, in about two and a half minutes, and they scored with 30 seconds to go. And then Tredavious White stripped stripped Adam Humphreys, recovered the ball, and set up Buffalo for the for the game winning field goal to give them the 30 to 27 victory. So the Bills are now four and two, a surprising four and two star, especially after all the moves they've made this offseason. But they're at four and two, holding on to the first wild card right now in the AFC, while the Bucks fall to two and four. Certainly a disappointing season, a disappointing start for the Buccaneers. You know, this was a team that I thought would be in contention for the playoffs. I thought they would get one of those wild card spots. They were actually my when I made my preseason predictions, they were, they were who I picked as the number six seed in the playoffs. But so far, it's it's not looking too good. Um, I mean, they, they've had their moments, but they, they're just not winning many games. And now they're sitting in last place in the NFC South in what's looking to be a, a strong division. You know, but they're certainly not out of it. They still, because they haven't even played a division game yet, so they still have all six of their division games, including one coming up in a couple weeks, like, well, the next two weeks, uh, our division opponents, they, of course, host the Panthers next week, and then they go to New Orleans. So certainly an opportunity to get themselves back in to the division race if they can win these next two games and get back to four and four but early on you know it's it's been a rough go for the Buccaneers so see if they can turn things around and then of course you've got the Atlanta Falcons who were simply embarrassed really you know they they come in they know it's the Super Bowl rematch they really want to get this one and they don't score until pretty late in the game really with about four minutes left in the game, they finally found the end zone. But, of course, at that point, the game was long over. They lose 23-7 to to the New England Patriots to drop to 3-3 three and three on the season. Patriots go to 5-2. and two. What was interesting about that game, though, was 
twice in the first half, the Falcons went for it on fourth down from about midfield and failed to convert on both attempts. That, that to me, kind of says that this wasn't just any old game for the Falcons. This was... They they had revenge on their mind, and unfortunately it didn't pan out for them, and it wound up being, what, 54, 54 straight points or something like that. The Patriots ended up scoring, yeah, because they scored, they scored the game's final 31 points in the Super Bowl. And then raced out to a 23-0 lead before Atlanta finally found the end zone on New England. So, rough rough night for the Falcons. So, like I said, they're now 3-3. Three and three. That's three straight losses now for the Falcons after a 3-0 and start. And they'll hit the road again. This was actually the first of three straight road games for the Falcons as they'll take on the Jets next week, and then they've got the Falcon, or, excuse me, then they've got the Panthers. And it was also a stretch of four or five on the road. So this is going to be a telling portion of, of the Falcon season. You know, if they can come out of here with a decent record, then they, they might still be in good shape. Because remember, they also still got to go to Seattle. On a, on a Monday night. So if, if they can get through this portion. Pretty healthy and with a solid record. Then they should should make a push for the playoffs. With you know eventually eventually then three straight at home. And four of six. But you know if they lose say to Carolina. And to Seattle. You know only come out of this stretch. Because then they have a home game with Dallas. Sandwiched in there as well. If they only come out of this at say five and five, they could be in trouble. So, it remains to be seen. You know, and, and certainly the talk about the Falcons too was how they're definitely missing Kyle Shanahan as their play caller. They thought things would take a downhill turn under Steve Sarkeesian, and it's looking that way so far. I mean, this team hasn't cracked twenty points. In the last three games, and again, obviously look at last night. They don't score till about four minutes to go in the game. So, rough going right now in Atlanta, but I'm sure that makes Panthers fans quite happy because could potentially be one less one less team the Panthers have to worry about. And again, the Falcons go to Carolina in two weeks, so the Panthers have a chance to put some distance between themselves and really both of their both of the teams below them since Tampa Bay and Atlanta are their next two games. So with that we'll wrap things up here. Let your take on the Panthers dismal loss really to the Bears and then the rest of the NFC South. We'll be back throughout the week to Get ready for week eight against the Buccaneers and hope the Panthers can kind of turn things around and 
get back to their winning rate ways after losing two straight. So as always, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. And remember to go to iTunes and leave your review on your Twitter handle for a chance to win the PFF Edge subscription and get all the great stuff that PFF does there. So uh, review and hand Twitter handle on iTunes. Check it out and check out the rest of the podcast network episodes here. NBA, of course, just started up, so all the NBA podcasts are really up and running now. Um, you know, shout out again to Doug over at Locked On Hornets. So go check him out and the rest of the NBA crew. And of course, as always, shout out to David for all the great work he does in keeping this network together, and then of course the work he does on his own podcast with the Utah Jazz. So until next time, thanks so much for listening. I've been Bill Rossetti. You've been listening to the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And until next time, take care, my friends.